Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions Podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Well, the Supercoach season's over and, like soloing a 10-piece box of KFC, we're left with a queasy feeling and a vague belief that mistakes have been made. Here with me tonight is a man who knows his way around a three-piece feed. It's Wilf. That's very true. And I'm actually quite frustrated because obviously I didn't quite finish in the top 1K. Not going to get a zinger box from the KFC from Supercoach, so... Yeah, Devo. Absolutely, Devo. Tim, you said you'd do anything for me if I didn't make the top 1K. Yeah, well, look, I'm surprised, man. Look, you really let, let me down. Um, what do you want? I'll do it. Zinger box? <laughs> A zinger box, that's all. Bro, I'm going to the Penrith game this weekend. I thought you were going to make me, like, streak or something. I'm going to lose my NRL membership or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, you can have one of those. You've heard his voice and with us tonight, a man who tells himself that Tom Sankster changed his number at 6.01pm on Sunday afternoon, when in reality he's just stopped returning his calls. <laughs> it's now former champ, Tim Moody. Too soon, mate? That's right. That's right. Yeah, pretty much, man. I think he's deleted all my uh, contacts and any sort of uh, way to sort of be in contact with him. Yeah, look, it's, it's a bit tough, man. Um, you know, yesterday's hero, um, old news now. Yeah, there's a grieving process. Off with my head. <laughs> but most importantly, this is an episode about celebrating the new king who navigated the late outs, the suspensions, the injuries, the ill-advised captaincy choices to beat 145,391 others and emerge victorious. The coach of vacant block, the 2022 super coach champion, Matt. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Thanks for having us, fellas. And uh, yeah, it's been a year. It's uh, been interesting today. I was uh, going to look at the team list at four o'clock today. And I, why do I need to look at that anymore? It's uh, 25 Tuesdays of team list and now it's time to relax. Yeah, it's the muscle memory, isn't it, mate? It's crazy. I find that the first week of finals in the NRL, I can almost not bring myself to watch a game because I'm just so burnt out because, you know, Supercoach takes up so much of our time. But, mate, really keen to hear how, how have the first couple of days been. Um, yeah, like I would say, it's been less than 36 hours and um, it feels like it's been a week. It just I was still at work yesterday, actually, and trying to do some work, but getting phone calls and even from the great man, Tommy Sankster, blowing up my phone. Timmy, I think you were the first one to message me, mate. It was, uh, yeah, it's been pretty hectic. Fantastic. Um, So, Will, if you wanted, uh, you know, obviously it's been so long since you won something. Uh, Maybe you wanted to ask Matt some questions. Yeah, look, I think it's always nice to see how every new champion kind of what that initial 24 hours, 48 hours was like. You said you've you've just been, you know, your phone's been ringing off the hook. You know, you talked about the phone call from Tommy Sankster. So, like, talk us through. What was that like? I, I always have my own story and then I'm sure Tim's got his own recollection of it but yeah how was that it was uh quite surreal I um I almost didn't answer it at first because it was some random number and I was at work but I thought this this could be uh could be something special so um I'm used to hearing his voice on a podcast and hearing it through my phone was was a little bit different but um yeah it was just telling the guys at work because that's why I play you know we play at work and like I just got the phone with Tom Sankster and um yeah it, it hasn't stopped since then it's got to work that casual name drop in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I quickly uh, put the screen around when I was getting a call. 
<laughs> nice. That's awesome. And so, you know, obviously it's sunk in now. It's all official. I'm sure you've already sent off your, your bank account details off to News Corp to go pay, pay up, pay up. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, uh, that was the first thing today, mate. I think they said they started work at 9 o'clock. I think 9.01, I was under them guys. Just you ha- don't hassle Tom for that. Hassle Rob Sutherland. He's really the guy, uh, you know, with all the money bags. Um, Will, before we go into detail, and we will hear from Matt a, a bit more of a blow by blow on how the the season unfolded for him. We've got plenty of champs that have uh, maybe not won the fifty k, but they've done pretty well for themselves. Yeah, firstly the champs league. So I'll give them a quick shout out first. Uh, in the end, champions twenty head to head one finished fifth ranked league overall, which is pretty impressive. A couple of other strong finishes, the Chumps Only League, 18th, the 50 Head-to-Head League, 22nd, and the Champions 20 Head-to-Head 2 League, 24th. For Tim and myself, part of the top-ranked 20-team league, the Podmasters Cup, we managed to edge out Dutch Oven right at the end. Uh, commiserations to Dutch Oven, who did very well, but yeah, look, the Podmasters Cup, a league full of all the, uh, I guess, the podcasters, the guys uh, like us who you listen to. And many of the other podcasts out there, yeah, we came together and we took it out, which is probably a good thing, right? It shows that most of us do know what we're on about. So congrats to the Podmasters Cup overall. Uh, always a good finish there. And of course, we do have to announce the winner of our Supercoach Champions Group competition sponsored by our friends at Tyler Made, who stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. It's a massive congratulations to Ryan, the coach of the Chichi Mungas, who finished in fifth overall. Ryan takes home our five hundred dollar uh, grand prize. So Ryan, get in touch with us. Slide into our DMs or reach out to us uh, to arrange how we're going to get you that payment. We'll obviously need to sort out, yeah, confirmation of who you are and everything like that. But yeah, we'll we'll look to sort that out asap. And in second on the group comp, we've got Troy, the coach of Roosters Pack. He came thirteenth overall, so really close to that top ten. Uh, it's good to see, Troy, that your persistence was rewarded. We saw you leading and all second for our group comp almost all season, just a yeah, few weeks, shaky weeks at the end there. But look, good to see you come second and you take home the $200 voucher to use on nrlshop.com. So look, we really do have to thank Tyler Maid for their generosity in donating our prize here. They are a family-owned and run business from Brisbane. If you need tiles, look, we've talked about it. It's not just tiles. It's also anything in between as well. www.tylermade.com.au. That's T-I-L-E-R-M-A-D-E. So, yeah, like we said, if you need tiles, tools, or anything in between, get in touch with Tyler Made. Let them know that you heard about them through the Supercoach Champions podcast. And, yeah, we thank Tyler Made again for their generosity and their support. Now, on to the, obviously, our champs. So, of our Patreon subscribers... We had 500 bucks up for the winner there. And Rod, coach of Team Bozza, who eventually finished 18th, so just fell short of that top 10. But still, look, he takes away 500 bucks, and we couldn't be happier for him. He's uh, had a fantastic season. And look, Brendan, coach of Bunt for Red V October, coming 30th overall, came second, so a bit unlucky there, Brendo. But you've had a pretty good year yourself as well. Just looking at the champs overall, I mean, you know, we had five in our group finish top 100, 24 overall finish top 1K. I reckon that's pretty solid. And, uh, you know, almost half the group finished in the top 5,000. So, you know, we obviously want to push and, and get someone into the top 10 and then someone hopefully to win. We had MJ last year finish 12th overall, which is so close yet so far. But, uh, yeah, look, I think we're going to go around again next year and hopefully we can keep pushing, trying to get someone up there for sure. 
I know I wasn't in that half of the group that finished top 5,000, uh, you know, listening to too much of Tim's advice, bringing all my Cronulla Sharks in at the back end of the season with that draw, brought Damien Cook in with my last trade with three weeks to go and he, he gave me a 50 and then two uh, did not play. So I ended up fading to finish uh, around 7,000. Um, Timmy, obviously you flirted with going back to back for a while, faded a little bit to the back end. How did you finish up? Oh, miserably, mate. Look, it was a terrible finish. The last week was just like, oh, what a what a way to finish. It was just sort of mirrored the back end of my year. I was, I think I've got like a thousand and fifty, thousand and sixty or something. I ended up deciding to captain um, Talakai, and that was generally because I thought it was a good idea. Uh, I thought um, uh, Hines is probably going to get spelled early. I thought with Metcalf working on the bench, I thought oh, I'm going to, you know, just go against it and he's going to be this next 125 score. They were playing um, the Knights. Yeah, and I thought Tawala looks a little bit like Morgan Harper. So I wasn't sure whether he was going to be running a gay guy or not, but I thought, but on Look's face, yeah, I'd be scared of um, Talakai. So yeah, I picked him. Didn't work out too good. We're, we're on to next year though now. Fair enough. And where do you finish up, Will? Yeah, so I ended up finishing... I scored 12.24 and that saw me drop a couple of spots down to 12.72 in the end. So just 85 points outside the top 1K, unfortunately, just so close yet so far. I had a look back. I spent basically from round 11 till round 25, floating from 1,004th to 2,700th or whatever, just up and down, up and down, just couldn't quite crack that 1K. So look, can't be too unhappy when when you're around thereabouts, but still very frustrating to be that close. And yeah, I mean... I was surprised, Timmy. You did fade, unfortunately, and I actually almost caught you. No, that was never going to happen, man. I wasn't going to let that happen. I mean, <laughs> I was basically, you know, just on the beers. The, the boys were at Mad Monday for the last six weeks, mate. I was letting them just sort of not turn up to training. We're playing touch footy most of the time. If we we did turn up, and it was mostly barbecues and stuff at Blorney's as well. So, yeah, it was pretty loose. But look, you're never going to catch me. Look, 885th, uh, 885th, yep, is the number I finished in. I said pre-season that my goal was to finish top 1,000. Um, I was just being, you know, humble and modest. I generally wanted to go back to back. Um, I peaked at, yeah, 21 was my highest rank. And then, I don't know, I just went to Shamozzle. I sort of sprinted way too early. I thought I had the stamina to sort of start going hand with my trades real hard in the... Um, mid to late part of the season it didn't work out so look i've learned a lot i've taken notes there'll be a post-season review there's going to be a bit of a shake-up so so we just call you kevin walters you know it's a lot of parallels between your season and the brisbane broncos unfortunately you know peaked peaked quite high broncos were top four and then just fizzled out until the end so maybe kevin walters that's fair to say but there is a bit more respect from the player group i will say like i don't have any <laughs> i like tyson gamble talking shit about me I'll say that all my players are all about me. You know, they get total support. I'm not like Daz Hasler who needs to, you know, he- fill out a survey and ask everyone, are they happy with me? You know, look, I know where I stand with the boys. So, yeah, look, don't worry, boys. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your Mad Monday. They're still going nuts. They're going nuts. Like, I, I should probably be with them. But the things I do for you listeners and the champions, 
podcast. I mean, you say that, Tim, but Wilf, if you can play that clip of Viliami Kikau talking about Tim. <laughs> no? Yeah. Don't have it? All right. Okay. But enough of you two has-beens and, and of me who was and never was. Um, Supercoach obviously takes a hell of a lot of skill, a hell of a lot of discipline to watch the games, the Teamless Tuesday stuff, um, as Matt talked about, sprinkling of luck through the year as well. Matt, keen to understand, you know, Obviously, you've got to start with a really solid round one teammate and and what's a call out or, or a couple of players you think you really got right in that round one team? Yeah, look, mate, I um, I had a look back through my team and some trades today and, and not to, to blow my own horn or whatever, but there were some really good trades in there and some really good starts to the year. I mean, now's the time. This is the forum, mate. No one else is <laughs> going to blow your horn for you. I think um, my guy Cam Munster, I had him from the start. He... Um, he didn't let me down until last round. No, the round. When did they play the Roosters? And he ended up coming out with 20 and I was cursing him. But, uh, yeah, I think Munster was my uh, start of the year, held him all year. Looking back, I had guys like um, Tolu Kola all year. Proved some good depth. And, and once he scored his first try in the NRL, he turned into a bit of a try-scoring weapon there. You're on Kola early, right? Because I think that was Saab got injured, uh, Turbo got injured, but a handful of people already had Kola for those first couple of price rises. So, yeah, you got on, on him early? Yeah, mate. He was in my round one team. I, um, oh, wow. I started with uh, with him, read a, read a bit of stuff before the season started, and that, that proved a good one. Started with guys like Blake Braley and, and Will Kennedy. The, the Sharks had a really good start to the year, and, they made me some nice cash. I think Blake Braley actually scored a try first round and not only, yeah, no one else had him, but they made me some good cash early on. <laughs> Andrew Fafita, he, he's been with me since round one. I uh, never got a chance to do my best Michael Ennis because he really gave me a Fafita moment. But, um, yeah, it was he was there. You and Aitken. You and Aitken, yeah, you and Aitken, fairly popular pick. But some of the guys who are running through there, Braley, Will Kennedy, I mean, they're super pods. They, they surely were kind of maximum of 2 to 3% owned. And that's probably really what it's all about to get that initial kick ahead of the of the group. Where were you after kind of one, two, maybe three weeks uh, overall ranking-wise? Not super high, mate. Hey, not I sort of, I think it was about round seven. Um, I, I struck 14th after round seven. But the first sort of six rounds, it was, yeah, nothing nothing to write home about. But, yeah, there was some, some good money makers in there and, and some pod guys, like you said, like Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out here because I, I don't know if you know about that rugby league fantasy pro website, but I'm here looking at your round one team. Yeah, I'm looking at team now at the moment. Jermaine Noah Brown starting in the front row. Yeah, and that's um that's what uh, if you look at my first trade of the year, it went from Jermaine Noah Brown to Spencer Lenu. I don't <laughs> think there would there would ever be a super coach champion that's gone JTB to Spencer Lenu first trade, but. Uh, it shows you can make mistakes and still come out with it. Very, very true. So you called out trades that went right for you, mate. Obviously, you're not going to say Spencer Lenu was one of those. But what, um, you know, did did anything that where you zigged, where other people zagged to kind of separate you from the pack? You, you talk about round seven was when you really started to, to have the team click. Um, was there anything in the lead up to that that kind of got your head? Nothing crazy there. I think I got Paps in early before his, Another big score. I had Mitch Moses at the start of the year. He had a big big game. I remember it was on a Sunday afternoon. He had a big score there. But I think that the team really started to click with some guys that, that pulled ahead leading into round 13. I went Ponga and Burton actually after round 10 and, and copped a lot of flack for it at work when I made those trades. And um, they turned out to be really good sort of three, four-week plays. Burton, probably Long Ponga. 
I got Joe Tarpany at round 12. And um, looking back, that was a godsend. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great goal. Mm, I think he's a big one. That stands out for me as like, I think a lot of teams that did really well did that. I managed to not do it, which was really frustrating for me. And that's one that got away. So I think, yeah, that was a really nice move by you. I think a, a, a characteristic of teams that have done really well, I guess maybe in the post-PVL taking over era of the NRL, with Supercoach are those people that are willing to take bold moves early. Last year, Isaiah Papali was a huge one where people got on him when he was still off the bench and, and started to pull tons together. Talakai was probably one of the big guys this year. Did, did you get on him early? <laughs> that was That's probably the biggest mistake I got there. I... Uh... I think he, after he scored that 165 and, and gave Morgan Harper a bath, I paid 701000 for Talakai and I uh, kept him till the end. I didn't captain him like Timmy, so I wasn't quite that mad at Talakai, but uh, yeah, I had him, had him all year. That was, that was probably the biggest, biggest regret. The thing is with him, though, like it's kind of hard to not have him. You, like if he shows you that sort of ceiling, you're like, well, if he's got that ceiling, he scares me not to have him, and it was just frustrating for all of us. You know, I did get him for that one um, one sixty five score, but pfft, still, it was very, very frustrating. You know, like I was really dependent, like really, really counting on him, especially the last four rounds. I thought this guy's going to go off, and then not to play a couple, of them, and then come back, and then just nothing. But yeah, I, I, I had massive shares in the Sharkies for the final kind of month and a half of the year with that draw, and they unfortunately didn't come good. Talakai is one of them as well. I reckon they're saving him for the finals if he comes out like a can of whoop ass then they've been saving him they're like he did it and they're like don't do that again put it away and they've made him put it away it was like they've been saving him for a while here but look i just want to go through i think you you cut you're selling yourself a little sh- short there matt because round three you brought in olakuatu killer trade obviously isaiah papali round four and yeah i mean you brought in tony stags in round six when that was when most people sold him so you obviously had some really really good moves along the way and Round seven, Nathan Cleary, before he went off for his big 150, the first time you, you jumped straight on. So I can see some really, really bold moves here. And I, I, it really did look like it, it set you up really well for the rest of that season. Yeah. Yeah. The Olakwatu one's an interesting one. I, um, I had him in my team originally before round one. And then he, he dislocated his elbow in one of the preseason games, I think. And I, I got rid of him. And um, he come out like nothing happened the first two games. Tackle bust. And he, he looked like David Fafita from last year. So had to get him in, had to get him in. But um, yeah, even I, like you say, I, I did. I spent the whole year last year with no Isaiah Papaliti, and I wasn't going to let that happen again. So I just want to know, bro, like what what was your sort of like captain strategy? Were you sort of focusing hard on you know the loophole and trying to snag that, or were you just fixed on? Focusing on who's the best guy to captain each week. What was your and did you shake it up a bit, or did you have one guy you felt you went to acquired a fair bit back to? Sorry for the five part question. You're right, Timmy. Um, I guess here's another a toot my own horn go here. I had too much depth to VC looped him. There was just there wasn't enough mm. non playing guys. So I think I VC looped in both the buy rounds, and that may have been it. I think that the captaincy was just the guy with the highest upside and, and I got lucky, you know, you can, you can take the safe options like IPAP scoring 80 here and there, but yeah, you're not ringing the Daily Telegraph for 50 grand doing stuff like that. So yeah, like I'd captained IPAP one round and he got buddy 38. So thanks for rubbing that in, mate. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> so you touched on buys, Matt, you know, probably not as important as in kind of years gone by your buy strategy, 
But how did you approach kind of, you know, you talked about having Munster. I'm sure you had a stack of Origin players in the team in the lead up to the buy rounds. How, how did you kind of tackle that issue? Yeah, that was where a lot of my trades and, and pretty much, well, I think I used two boosts early to try and sort out my team. Um, there's one trade early on I just want to look back on there, Joe, and then I'll jump on the buys. I started with Paul Momorowski and he destroyed me. So I got on Peter Hiku before the big round three price rise that he was predicted and he didn't do anything there. And then I went to, to Stag. So that I just had to get in Momorowski there. I've been death riding him all year. That's the thing, though. Like, it just shows you made a few mistakes there and they were wasted trades. And like and people out there saying, you know, or think, oh, we need more trades or we're running out of trades. We really don't. You do so many trades you don't need to do. Like that Hiku one, nearly everyone did it, but it didn't need to be done. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's easy to say in hindsight. That was one I did avoid, but... um. Yeah, look, it's it's just a massive. Just goes to show you can make plenty of mistakes and still kill it. So even if you are starting bad, keep your uh, head down and focus on the, you know, the dream. Absolutely, Hiku's base stats in round one and two were like I'm sure upwards of forty, and then he just decided to stop running and, and tackling and just running around. Well, that that's that that's the thing with not only Hiku, it's with Talakai as well. They're, yeah. They. They aren't. They, they've got fits and spurts. They'll get a hot streak. They'll tempt a lot of super coaches in. A bit of a recurring theme throughout the middle of the year was the fact that I got Talakai in last year. He screwed me. I had him in the year before. He screwed me. And this year, I was like, "No, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it." And by the time I finally caved, was when you know his form fell off a cliff. So yeah, he's on the never again list. But mate, um, let's talk about that buy round strategy. Yeah, mate. Well, the pre round thirteen trades. I'll um, I'll crack a beer on this one. But uh, we brought in Angus Crichton. Oh, I'll too. Yes. Thanks, Timmy. Ruben Garrick, Joey Manu, and Dylan Edwards, all um, in the pre-round 13 with a with a boost. Pretty sure all them guys, maybe not Edwards, but, yeah, they, they all killed it round 13 and, and on pretty much. Yeah, killer trades, honestly. I think you couldn't have really gotten much better with those three. Maybe, maybe if you jumped on Drinky instead of Edwards, that might have been one, but obviously it didn't cost you. <laughs> no. My no. questions were I'd like I've got a few more questions. Did you ever like at some point like sort of think it was too good to be true, ever doubt that or think that it was not gonna happen, or were you, you know, pretty confident in the back end? Like how were you feeling? Where where was your sort of nerves at? Well, I I think um yeah, like I hit the front at round fourteen there and that was kind of a, a novelty at the time. I, I didn't think it was real then, but once I got through the round seventeen by because um, that was where I knew I didn't have stack numbers there. So between round 13 and round 17, all of my trades were, were, were trying to get me to there. I, I got guys like McInnes and Kalal Matangi, Sione Katoa from, from the, um, the Sharks. That was where money mm. actually helped me there. I, I was 1K off bringing in Molotalo at that time and brought in Sione Katoa instead. And he went on that sort of five-game streak. Yeah, he went well. Yeah. Mitch Moses got him in, captained him in round 17. And... And yeah, once I got through round 17, I knew I was in with a serious shot. That was when the, the sum started coming in, like I'm 200 in front, there's six rounds to go, what's that each week? And then it was six rounds mm. and then five. and Keeping yeah. the games and stuff, yeah, 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 nice. You start getting the whiteboard out at home and the, the scrawling up there and yeah, trying to crunch the numbers, mate. Um, and in those final few weeks, you know, a lot of people start coming out of the woodwork and offering advice. Did you manage to kind of filter the noise out pretty well? I did, yeah, I did. I, there was some, some advice on um, 
Britain Nakora. People were at work, they were, they were talking Britain Nakora and that he wasn't coming in. And he, that proved right until the last round. Um, there was a bit more advice out there, but yeah, I think, I think I got through it unscathed. And we, um, last round, I was going to bring in Cam Murray right before the last round, but we had a, a bit of a chat at work, me and a few of the boys in the league and went Cam Murray to Valentine Holmes at the last minute. So that was where advice, advice definitely came in handy. So it sounds like your your group of guys at work there, they're the guys you've always played super coach with. Is that how you got into the game? Yeah, I played it, say, going back 10 years. And I, I don't think it was super coach. I'm pretty sure it was NRL fantasy back then when I was at school. And, um, and then I gave it a break. And last year was my first year in super coach. I know that probably hurts the people that have played for, for many years. But yeah, last year was the first one. And um, it's at work. We got a, a group of us processing guys at the mines. We played and, and then there's a group of underground guys as well. And there's quite a heated rivalry there. We are... Mm, the underground has seemed fierce. Yeah, we are significantly better than them, us surface guys. Mm, they seem like a rough mob. Like, I don't think I'd want to go anywhere near them. No, no, no. They, they're not good for advice either. You know, we got... Another guy, I'll, I'll give him a shout out. Um, he finished 35th overall, a guy that I, I work pretty closely with. So Get back in your hole, you troglodytes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so tell us a bit more about yourself. Will Fred, I will I will come through. I'm just kidding, bro. Hey, can you're I have another question? question? Ahead of the run sheet. Oh, I didn't. I don't ever follow the run sheet, bro. Come on. Yeah, we you know. <laughs> Matt, we, we do edit this stuff out. And at this point, kind of a year in, Wolf and I are still unsure whether Tim can read or not uh, in terms of ability to follow the run sheet. Uh, you can put this in if you want to. I did have a reader writer at high school for my exams. But it was not because of my intelligence. It was because I was easily distracted. And distract others easily. That's right. I'm shocked by that. What do you got for us, Will? <laughs> so to finish off, you know, you talked about when you started really thinking you were going to get there. At any point, did you kind of think, I'm in trouble? No. No, I didn't. I think there was times where it got nerve-wracking, but I never really thought I was in trouble. Uh, Cam Munster, I'll go back to him. Last Two weeks ago against the Roosters, I, I was pretty sure that was the Friday night game. That was probably the worst part because I knew, I knew um, House Husbands, or the guy coming second, had Dylan Brown at 5-8, and that was sort of my, my big pot against him was Munster versus Dylan Brown. And, Munster comes out with a 40 or 50, uh, a 20, and Dill Brown got 130. But, yeah, we got through. Yeah, that's awkward, isn't it? And it's a, it's a really tough matchup because like, you couldn't really have them all in 5-8 for a lot of the time. Like if you, were, if you had Drinkwater or if you had Cody Walker or if you had a Ezra Mam, you just didn't make the move by that because you'd done other things. Yeah, it was, it was an awkward one. I don't – yeah, I, I had – both of them at times, but never at the same time. And it scared me going against, yeah, having one, not the other. And so with like the late season part, like, were there any specific strategies that you were working with? Like how are you approaching it? And you, you obviously knew you had that lead. You, I know that you were keeping an eye on second and third and like, were you just analyzing their teams each week or? I tried not to get into the point of analyzing their teams and sort of four rounds to go. It was let's just get guys in that are going to score well late. That's where Mulatalo came in, and I went heavily on the Sharks. It probably didn't pay off as well as it, it could have. Mm. I made a I made a trade out of pure nerves before the third last round when the Roosters had the West Tigers and um, the guy coming second and a few other people in the top ten, I think, had Joseph Suwali, and I didn't, and mm. I thought he could score 
150 against the Tigers and he come out with a, a 30. So that, that was probably a, a trade just to try and cover my ass and it didn't work. I noticed you'd brought him in and I was kind of like, oh, I wonder why he's done that. And I hadn't paid too much attention to the top 10 because in me trying to pursue, trying to get anywhere near that, I didn't want to be too intimidated by what other people were doing. So I didn't really pay too much attention, and went, but I did sort of start to have a peek around at what you were doing. And then when I saw you got swallowed, I was like, oh, that must be a block move for sure. But he's also was going quite good and so were the Roosters. So either way, it's a... Not a bad option either. Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely would have made the same move in your position. Like, so I think it's, you know, obviously the, the outcome didn't quite match up, but the process behind it absolutely made a lot of sense. In fact, our, you know, our top two champs in our group, they both made the same move as well. And you know, obviously a lot of people doing really well made that same move. So I think that speaks to, you know, it made perfect sense. Outcome doesn't always match it, but if you've got the right process behind it, I mean, you can't really fault it, right? Can't get annoyed that it is. So, well, he, he's off his guts. Like, the way he's been running the ball up, he's just going to keep growing, keep getting bigger, and I think he'll be in everyone's super coach team pretty much every year. I don't think uh, Rugby Union has super coach, mate. But, um, <laughs> so, fine, mate. So, um, I don't think you're allowed to run that hard in Rugby Union. He, he wouldn't fit in there. Oh, he won't get hurt from the tackles, uh, that's for sure, in rugby union. I'm not sure that they know how to do that. So, um, Matt, you talked about kind of round 17, once you emerged from that fairly unscathed because you were light on for numbers and it didn't harm your overall ranking too much, Was that was really the time that you thought, I'm really on here? Yeah, yeah, that was the, that was the time where I started to, to tell people that, that this could be happening. Mm. So walk us through your, you know, round 25, you know, you've obviously got a couple hundred points lead, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you know, 200 odd, the team's in awesome shape, you've got most of the second place teams covered, basically. Was it pretty chill for you or were you stressed out? It could have been a lot chiller if the um, the NRL had have changed the way that their, their draw was. Having the Raiders and Sharks on the, the Sunday really put a little bit of pressure on early in the round. Like guys like Tarpany, I wasn't sure if he was going to play and I was heavily invested in the Sharks. And if somehow, Timmy, your your baby Panthers beat the, the Cowboys, I was nervous that they were all going to get a sit. So I played I played my uh, guys like Cola in the pouring rain on the, on a Saturday afternoon for 23 points. Yeah, I think that's smart though. That I probably would have done the same. Like you kind of just have to leave Tarpany out and play him as an like if something else happens, and then yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, for, uh, leading into Friday night, I was was only really looking at second place. Um, I hadn't hadn't gone further down, and then when um, when Cam Murray sort of ate grass after a minute, and, and Angus Crichton scored one hundred and ten, I, I knew I had him covered, and and I looked further down, and. Um, I'm not sure of his name, the guy coming third, but the, the Dark Knights, he had Crichton, he had Cherry Evans, he, he had a really good side. So I, I went to just a spreadsheet of, of me versus him and played Lolo purely on that basis. In, in case Tarpany got rested, I knew he had Lolo. So I'll, I'll just play him, cancel that out. He was disappointing too, wasn't he? I've had, like, Nearly all my players were disappointing in the last round. I, I, I know, so nearly any one of my players, if you mention him, I'll go, yeah, bad round. <laughs> Yeah, thirty minutes out of Lolo. That's um, that's tough. I, I was expecting at least maybe fifty, and and hopefully a steamroll try over the Baby Panthers. But yeah, I played him over Olakuatu, so that tells you everything about how my final round went. As I dropped a couple of thousand spots, but um, look, um, you know, obviously uh, this is the forum for you to kind of talk through the season, mate. And we've kind of gone fairly chronologically. 
but is there anything that, not necessarily on your deathbed, but but in 20 years' time when you think of what really made the year for you apart from winning overall, what, what do you think that kind of one or two things might be that will stick in the memory? That's an, a really good question, Joe. I guess probably yesterday after winning at work, just being being treated like a, a superhero. Yeah, it, it's it's good to see that it is a very occult sort of following Supercoach and guys that know what it's what it's like to to spend every living breathing second on uh, on the team list and and Supercoach and seeing where we're going, seeing the, the the praise from them that was that was real. Yesterday was awesome. Very nice, mate. You've got twelve months to live like a king before you fade into irrelevance. Hey, Tim. <laughs> Mate, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Got him. Got him. Yeah, I, I, I'm a never was. That's that's exactly who I am, mate. Um, so, Wilf, uh, have you got any more questions for the champ? No, I just um, did. You actually know who House Husband was at all? No, no idea. But I, I, I do want to give a, a commiserations to him. He fell from second to fourteenth. I think uh, that's tough in one round. I had a look at his team in the final week. I I can't figure out what he what was going on because he managed to start Jordan Pereira, who wasn't even picked or named, and he had you know other center wings like he had Penasini on the bench. He had uh, Niacore on his bench, who ended up being maybe his something eight. happened with him. Maybe there's he's going went well, something happened. And, you know, looking at this website, he brought in Josh Adokar with his final trade, and he vice captained him. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I wonder, yeah. He could have gone massive. Like, I, I mean, in hindsight, the Manly side will... Adokar was my pick for Swiss super, uh, Superstar of the Week. Uh, obviously didn't work out for us. But, I mean, Manly were in all sorts. So, you know, they basically... That's not that crazy. I mean, the crazy thing is that playing Pereira when he's not named, that's a weird thing. That, I mean, that could... Just, yeah, I wonder if he just gave up. Like as soon as no, man. Swap, that's not going to happen. Something up. clearly happened, or he like his phone went dead, and he was having some sort of panic moment where he's like, you know, something went wrong. Like, I wasn't too wrong. I wasn't a not like he went completely crazy and did something like Captain Talico. Yeah, probably not that bad. All dyed his hair, bloody see through. Bench Olakuatu, bench Tarpane. Like, yeah, none of his decisions made any sense to me. But I'm having a major midlife crisis now that my reign's come to an end. As you can see, the hair colours changed. There's a lot going on. So, thank you for sparing me and letting me uh, just work around the kingdom. Uh, I can promise this time last year, this time next year, Timmy, my hair will not be bleached blonde. I can promise that. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Look, uh, we've taken up too much of your time, Matt, so we really do appreciate you jumping on. I realise we never actually asked you, do you support a particular team in the NRL? I do, I do, and you're probably going to want to edit this out, but it's, it's Melbourne. Storm. Yeah. Look, you're not the first Supercoach winner who supports the Storm. <laughs> it's a pity that Bear couldn't join us. So I think he'd be pretty happy to have another Storm supporter. But oh, I thought you were going to be a Cowboy supporter, and I was going to be like, yeah, well, that'd be cool. Good luck to your team. But if it's a Storm, yeah, get out of here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck to you. No, it's tough. He's got a depleted side, but guys that have been there and done that, so I think, yeah, they'll give it a shake up for sure. More importantly, are you a Queenslander? Yeah, mate, sure am. There we go. All sweet, all sorted. (laughs) All right, Matt. Well, thanks, mate, um, for coming on. Obviously, yeah, 36 hours on from the win, you've still got uh, the halo floating around. 
enjoy the 50k enjoy all the responsibilities that come with being a super coach winner and no doubt we'll be here hearing from you more through the off season and, and into next year as well mate so cheers thanks joe yeah no i'm i'm uh, honestly can't wait to get back into it it's a lifestyle now mm. have, a, have a rest first have a have a rest enjoy the win Enjoy the win before you get stuck into it. That's all I can say. <laughs> I am disappointed you didn't ask about my team name. To be fair, I'm just going to throw that one in there. Yeah, like are you purchasing a vacant? Is that, that like you're buying a vacant block? Is that what you? Was that the, you sort of put that idea at the start of the year? That's what I got from it. I read into it. No, nah, it's better than that, Timmy. I, I want a racehorse, and, and I want it to be called Vacant Block because uh, when someone asks me, "Is it a good bet?" I'll say, "You can put your house on it." Uh. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that. So, does this is this fifty k going towards that dream of yours? <laughs> yeah, that that's probably not a sensible dream. We might, <laughs> we might we might wait for that one. Fair enough. So, it sounds like you haven't spent the money yet, which is probably good. Well, the check the check hasn't cleared, mate. <laughs> have you spent the money in your head anyway yeah some of it's gone <laughs> all right well look we do really thank you for jumping on it's it's so good to have the chat and you know, it's exciting like we love it when there's ever whenever there's a new champion and obviously yeah really stoked mm. for you and uh, definitely bask in the glory enjoy the win and, and milk it for all you can for for the next season yeah it's kind of like when there's like a monk a new monk or something and smoke goes off or there's a gong or something there's some sort of ceremony that needs to be Something needs to be lit on fire, at least. Congratulations, brother. You're thinking of a new pope, mate. There's a, there's a few more monks than popes, but yeah, very same, same. Yeah, I told you, man. I got distracted at school, bro. I got distracted. And on that high note, Matt, thanks, mate. We will no doubt see you around the traps again. Thanks for having us, guys. Um, just to finish up, look, we're still going to be around a little bit. Where This is not our last episode for this year. Obviously, we're not going to release weekly or anything like that, but we want still want to be around. We've got some plans to kind of dissect 2022 a little bit more not just looking at winning seasons here but probably looking at some of the other lessons that us plebs who didn't go so well uh you know the, the things that we did well things we did poorly and probably also wanting to you know unpack a little bit about what are we taking away like diving deeper into boosts obviously a new thing how are we going to manage all of that in the coming seasons so yeah we'll we'll roll that out in the next couple of weeks but yeah for tonight anyway uh thanks for listening and yeah long live the new king Congrats, Matt. Mm. See ya. Thank you.